Hey everyone, it's Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. I'm doing a, it's going to be a day podcast. I'm kind of doing some outreach today for my job, so kind of running around in my car and I thought I'd do a little clips and stuff here and there. This show is actually going to be dedicated to Roy. He's made quite a few call-ins and I thought I'd work him in and kind of talk. He's, he's uh, been going through my back catalog. He's talking about episodes I don't even remember. Uh, but, uh, uh, I figured he's called in so much that, uh, you know, I'll just do an episode dedicated to Roy. And then what's funny is I was just listening to, uh, Andy Goodman and he had just, uh, uh, did an episode dedicated to, uh, I can't remember who it was, uh, that called in several times and just did an episode around his, uh, that, that particular call in, call in her, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that they kind of ha- are happening around the same time. So, all right, guys, I'm going to cut to the first call from Roy. So, Mr. Manor, Roy here again. Um, reaching way back to July of 2018, and you were discussing uh, gaming with someone that you didn't know, and sometimes they end up being assholes. In fact, you seem to get more than your fair share of them for some reason. You seem to attract them. I'm also reminded of uh, Mr. Hobbs's experience at a recent game, Hole Con. Yeah, and I, um, I guess I'm curious. I'll a- ask for some feedback on a different light of it as to why it seems some OSR guys are against the use of safety tools. I mean, I always start out my games especially when I'm playing with people I don't know, saying, hey, we're going to be running a PG-13 game here, and no torture, no sexual assault, no uh, violence against children. Anyway. Roy did do his own podcast on this particular topic just recently, and it's very good. And uh, kind of recap, I th- <laughs> probably back when I did it, when I when I was first doing talking about safety the X card and everything, I wasn't definitely not a fan of it. And, you know, I probably fell in that category where uh, just I, I guess I was thinking of it in the instance of a home game. You know, wasn't really thinking because because that's pretty much what I do, and I wasn't thinking of it like going to a con game or something. And, uh, when I started thinking about that, and then also I had mentioned, or, you know, kind of mentioned too, especially in Roy, Roy did his own episode. Please check that out. And I called into him and said, you know, while I was against it, then we had one of the home games and, uh, one of the, the GM friend of mine was started talking about a topic like, you know, child sex trafficking stuff and was you know, you know, just to go along with the plot line, but I'm just like, and I, since I deal with that stuff and I can put faces to that stuff, it's just not a generic topic to me. And I was like looking for the X card myself. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Let's, that's, that's, I, I get it. I, you know, you don't have to go into this any further. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And, uh, you know, it was kind of that, particular instance that uh kind of made me realize that it is a good thing and with home games though you can just tell your friends to shut up 
I mean, that's my safety card. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're, if you're at a convention and there's a bunch of strangers around there, uh, you definitely want to have that, uh, safety thing there. Cause you never know. I mean, just this morning I was listening to Tankar's, uh, podcast and he was talking about someone, he has very simple rules, no real politics, no real world religion, you know, don't be a dick kind of stuff. You know, real basic things, but there's just some people who can't even go by those simple rules. They want to break it for one reason, and they always have, you know, some half-assed reason why they're doing. And at conventions, that could happen, too. They could You could have someone to that, uh, you know, kind of goes into graphic detail about a topic that someone else is not comfortable with. And, you know, if you have the excerpt, at least you have an, the initial ability to politely say, okay, let's drop that. Let's move on. Now, whether that person is going to follow that, because if someone is that kind of obtuse, especially like if you have kids at the convention, oh, geez, you know, you you definitely want to tone it down and have, you know, just have fun at a different, you know, PG level. Uh, But some people aren't going to get it, but at least you have that initial volley where you can say, you know, okay, let's, let's move on. And then if they continue to do it again, then you kind of have more grounding to basically tell them to knock it off or leave. You know, I have no problem doing that. So, but, uh, as a GM at, a, at, at conventions, while I do seem to attract the number of, a number of assholes when I'm playing, I also, I haven't really had that issue as a GM. It's weird. Usually it's when I'm a player that I, I seem to get the jerks next to me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was this one instance where I had a, a, a game set up where it was going to be a, you know, and more of an adult kind of theme game. But a dad showed up with two of his little kids. Well, I'm like, oh, well, things are going to change. So I changed the adventure to PG it and to make it a little bit more kid friendly, but not, I don't dumb it down though, because, you know, there's no reason to dumb it down for kids because they're smarter than me most of the time. And, uh, but there, there was one kind of, I don't know if he was a teenager or low twenties and he would start getting into a little bit more graphic kind of details. And, and, uh, I had to kind of take him aside and, you know, I, I said, well, why don't we take a break? You know, go get some pop, go, go to the bathroom, do what you need. We'll come back in five, ten minutes. And I kind of pulled them aside and, and said, hey, you know, we got some real young. Because they were, I think they were probably like five and six. God, they were having such a good time. And it was just fun, fun running the game. And I'm just like, you know, let's let's have a good time, but tone it down. And he was cool with it. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Because I just get excited about the game. And and I'm like, hey, I understand. Hey, I love your enthusiasm. Just Just try to watch the language and just try to. You know, I'm, it's, it's ironic that I'm telling someone to watch their language. <laughs> so, but he did, and there was no issue with that. So that, but, but yeah, I, you know, this is a long go around, but yeah, I'm in favor of X cards and stuff like that these days. Uh, do I think sometimes it gets hypersensitive? Yeah, definitely. Um, but Everybody brings their own experiences to the table, and I mean it's just one of those deals when you're when you're 
taking, and I'm going to say risk, because for me, that's kind of what it is. When you're, when you're gaming with different strangers, you know what, you don't know what they're bringing to the table and you don't know what uh, is going to trigger them. Sometimes pretty much anything is going to trigger them. And you just have to just kind of write it off as an experience and move on. Because that person's not going to get, that person's not going to change if you get mad or pissed off. It's just not going to happen. So, all right. I know Roy's got a bunch more. We're going to go to the next one, guys. Hey, Tim. Roy here from Chaos is Limb. I wanted to comment on a couple of podcasts from last year. In March of last year, Growing up D&D, yeah, really interested in your early experiences with the game. Also really admire and impressed by the fact that you were, you know, willing to stand up for those people that couldn't stand up for themselves. Um, I uh, made me wonder, do you think that role-playing engenders a greater sense of justice in players, or maybe at least a sense of empathy. With a sheet of chits and no module of any kind, yeah, that's uh, that's what I would want to see under the tree. Hey, that, that was such a good answer. I, I love that answer. You know, having wanting your original box set back, not not just any box set, but the one you got back when you're a kid and uh, I kind of forgot I asked that question too but uh you know it's funny you know after Roy's answer and if I had a present that I could have that you know anything you know I I think it would be kind of cool my present to myself in a way would be the ability to go back to one of the sessions and I'm thinking of probably the last session I knew. It was weird. Um, the group that we had in high school that we had kind of gamed with for the last six years, five years. We, you know, we were all seniors and, you know, it was, graduation was coming up. And they were all over my house and we we're sitting around the table and all of us were there. And I kind of knew, I looked around the table and I knew that this was the last time we were all going to be together. I mean, I just, just kind of had that sense that this is the last time we're all going to game together. And I kind of would like, cause unfortunately my memory's not really great. And for my present, it would be fun just to go back to that session, kind of sit there in my own body and enjoy the game. And just kind of sit there and listen to the dumbass stuff that we said. And and I'm not even sure what game we were playing or who I was playing. And just just kind of enjoy it, you know. And just uh, you know, probably enjoy it on a level that I, w- I, am, I wasn't able to enjoy it back then, you know. Um, even though I didn't kind of figure that this was going to be the last time. But that, that would be cool for me. That's what I would like. Hey, Tim. Roy here from Chaos is Limb. I wanted to comment on a couple of podcasts from last year. In March of last year, growing up D&D, yeah, really interested in your early experiences with the game. Also really admire and impressed by the fact that you were, 
you know, willing to stand up for those people that couldn't stand up for themselves. Um, I uh, made me wonder, do you think that role-playing engenders a greater sense of justice in players? Or maybe at least a sense of empathy? I don't know. Uh, I think it depends on the individual because I knew some pretty sadistic SOBs who played and they were not very nice people. And, uh, you know, if they had a chance to get one up on a particular person who was bullying them, they definitely would uh, take it to take it as far as it go. But then there's definitely a probably a hopefully a bigger group that enjoys having that uh being able to play out a, a character where he's able to get uh, justice for uh, maybe someone who can't get it for themselves or, or help someone do it. And I mean, I think that that definitely could play a part. I, I think what it, what ended up happening in a lot of the game games I played in with, because they were all like, you know, I'm using air quotes here, like the smart kids or the eggheads or whatever the, particular group was called at the time is uh they they while I was in the group and I was someone who played sports and everything they they were kind of sometimes they get nasty about them too I mean make no make no uh, mistake that they had their own ways they might not be able to jack you up against the uh, locker and shove your head in the locker but they also had like deer lure which i don't know if you guys have ever smelled deer lure it's like this horrendous just the smell that can just destroy your nose and everything and what they would do is sometimes all they needed was one drop one drop of that stuff you could pretty much uh destroy the smelling sense of like a whole entire floor of a high school and they would put it in some of the jocks' lockers to stink up their stuff. So they they were not all innocent themselves, trust me. <laughs> they kind of got their own sneaky kind of revenge, which I enjoyed quite a bit, though, I have to admit, until they dosed one of the guys that was real right next to my freaking locker, and then I smelled the deer piss, and then I'm like, whoa, guys, stop it, or I'm going to don't do that now i'm now my shit smells and stuff like that but yeah yeah i mean i i get the idea of it but you know they weren't as helpless as you know they you know they're always uh kind of portrayed on tv or movies and stuff because because you know, guys i ran with with you know the smart crew they they had their own way of getting revenge they didn't they didn't meet me standing up for them unless it was a physical confrontation because otherwise they could handle themselves very well and in a, in a very devious manner. Yeah. And the second podcast from last year I wanted to remark on, which I thought was related, but maybe it isn't. Um, you were asking in May, why is the anchor community so good? Why do we not see the toxicity that we see in so many other social media forums? Yeah, and I, uh, I guess I have some theories around that, or at least some hypotheses to put out there for testing, see what people think. One is, maybe we've just been lucky so far. Number two, 
because the community is small, it's easier to kind of maintain group norms. Number three, I'm going to have to continue this. So reason three, the ability to filter input. You have a choice of who you listen to. If there's someone toxic, you just don't subscribe to their channel. At the same time, if somebody calls in and leaves a toxic message, you don't have to replay it on your channel. So that filtering versus having just an open forum where anyone can post anything, I think helps. Finally, and I think this is the most interesting reason, is could it be because we are dealing with a verbal interaction rather than something that's just written? We often talk about how online trolls wouldn't say some of the things they write if the person was in the same room with them. I'm wondering if the verbal back and forth uh, allows more of a dialogue, making it more like being in the room with someone, as well as, you know, you can read a lot of context from people's voices and their tone, and so maybe we avoid a lot of the misunderstandings that come just from writing. Right, it's hard to argue with any of those points. I think they're all spot on, you know, definitely having, you know, it's a very small community. It, uh, we can filter out folks and, you know, like you said, the, I hadn't thought about the verbal, com the component of it, you know, that's something that, uh, definitely probably kind of plays a part into it because I've been doing, I, I'm coming up on my second year. I don't know when I started. I want to say it was in April. So it's coming up kind of quick. And I want to say out of the two years, I've only had, I think I've had two, three, three, three real kind of negative messages. Uh, one of the messages was just the guy was having a shit day and I just kind of happened to be on the receiving end of his frustrations. I didn't take it personal. It's just one of those, one of those deals where I was just kind of in the line of fire and then the other two were just kind of, and it was, it was interesting because they weren't anchorate folks that I'd heard before. They only called in once. It was the only time I ever heard from them. And they kind of just left just, just dumbass messages, kind of, you know, vulgar, nasty ass hat kind of stuff. And I just deleted them and boom, they're gone. You know, I, I, I think about them as much as, uh, you know, as uh, as long as they listen to their messages and then they're gone, so it was it was not a big deal. But that way, because it wasn't, de I would definitely wasn't going to play their messages on my podcast because it didn't serve any purpose. It, it didn't serve. It wasn't even gaming related stuff. They were just kind of just being jerks. The one the, the one guy I didn't even understand what the hell he was talking about. It's like what? So yeah, I, I think you're right there, Roy. And I and like I said that I like the the whole. You know, it's different for verbal communication compared to just throwing up a, a text up there for someone to read, randomly read. So, yeah. Hey, Tim. Again, going through your back catalog. Back in July of 2019, you were wondering about whether this is just a fad, the newfound popularity of D&D. About the same time on Twitter, I saw people asking, when is uh, 6E coming out? <laughs> Uh, I think you're right, though. I think when I saw uh, the fast food chain, was it Wendy's, coming out with its own 
RPG, that was pretty much a jump the shark moment, right? Things can only go downhill from here. But um, hey, we were never in it for its faddishness. It's great that it's so uh, accepted today, but uh, I think we'll keep doing what we're doing regardless of how popular it is in the popular culture. Help me, Frank! Help me! I broke my pelvis and I can't go on. Just leave me here to, to die with my gold and my uh, my magic ring. And hey, what what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, leave me! Don't take my stuff! Hey, I got a broken pelvis. That was yeah. I, that was very very good. And uh, I guess Ray's got his you know role playing chops going on there. Yeah, it was that, it was a lot of fun. I think that was in response to uh, my, I think it was the Rollmaster critical hit chart. And one of our favorite critical hits was, it was double lots for a broken pelvis. And for some reason, my group just thought that was the best one out of the group. So we always cheered when somebody broke someone else's pelvis. <laughs> I, I don't have anything more than that. It's just one of those things. Hey, Tim, Roy here from Chaos is Living. Your September 29th interview with Matt Jackson on cartography. Uh, I found that one really fascinating. Really enjoyed that. Matt was a great guest for you to have on. Uh, one thing, though, about the bet with Joe the lawyer, I think to even stuff up, if I understood correctly, if Matt lost, he'd have to pay a dollar into a stripper's G-string. He should have asked for terms from Joe that if he lost that he'd have to put a dollar into a collection plate at a church that he doesn't regularly attend you know just to have some equivalence yeah I know we're never in it for its faddishness but yeah it's uh, interesting to see all these and I and celebrities popular folks it's kind of like a whole new classification of uh the gaming community it's it despite what we want uh, that happens a lot of people don't want to be put in categories or they don't want to be classified that happens regardless especially not just especially in gaming but you know in gaming since i'm in it all the time i see it happen quite a bit and now with this newfound popularity with uh critical role and satine phoenix and her crew and um, and unfortunately I don't know that many cause I don't follow them that much, but, uh, they, they've kind of got their own little class of, of, uh, I don't know, D and D players now they're, they're like, you know, the, the top echelon. So they've added another group. And I, I think sometimes, especially like old grognards like myself it's like well you know i don't care if they get popular it's fine i'm not big into the the i'm not a youtube person anyways and watching someone else role play just isn't that interesting to me just like when you know i used to play volleyball but to sit there and watch a volleyball game i had no interest in doing that <coughs> either so um but I think part of it is like I, I see some of the older guys get frustrated and they get pissed off. I don't think they sometimes I don't think they understand why they get pissed off. And I think sometimes what the part of it is is like now that it's become so acceptable in like modern you know culture that 
like, like, uh, you'll see like, uh, people, especially targeting, you know, guys, my age, white, middle-aged, older guys, they do, they target them, you know, we're bad for this or bad for that and that, but in the same way, it's like, we're the ones who went through the fire to get the game here too. You know, we're the ones who had to go through all that shit to do that. And I think some of the guys get frustrated by that. Sometimes I do, cause I get tired of the, the whole, you know, I'm just a mean old white man kind of thing. It's like, well, whatever, you know, believe what you got to believe. But, you know, I don't really have time for that kind of nonsense. And they're the same ones who, who, who get mad if uh, someone dares put them in a category, which is ironic, but not unsurprising at the same, same time. I just think we just, you know, with, with this kind of thing. And I, and I tell you the truth, though, even though there is a classification now, you know, I because people look up to uh, what's his name uh, was Matt Mercer and his group and uh, the other popular people on there and everything. I've never seen them be nastier or uh, what do you want to call it uh, elitist in any way, though. I've never seen it. I mean, they, they've all seemed very kind, very generous, very nice to the people. I, I you know, which is nice. I mean, I'm not. Like you said, I don't follow them all that much, but every time I kind of caught an interview or read something here or there about it, uh, I really, I, I don't remember ever seeing anything negative. Everything's been pretty positive. So I don't have an issue with that a lot of times. It's just, I guess I was hearing, was it Gary Khan that they were canceling some people's reservations because they wanted to make room for some of uh, the celebrities uh, people to come in. And I, I think, I, I mean, I have an issue with that. That I think is bullshit, but it's business. And, and unfortunately, business don't give a shit and, and that. So, but will it continue to be a thing? And I was like, as long as there's money in it, yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you had, and, and, and I don't mean this in a negative, but it's going to sound very negative. But, you know, you had those voice actors in Critical Role that were pretty insignificant on their own. Uh, you know, in the, in the popularity of the world I'm talking about, but now they've been able to carve out a very cool niche for themselves and make a little bit of money and really have, you know, work, have a great time working and making some money. Good grief. I would love to do that kind of stuff instead of being out and what is it? It's 18 degree weather stomping around the woods, looking for people that are homeless and stuff. It gets, gets cold out there. Oh, I would have loved that twist on the bet. That would have been great, Roy. Absolutely. Oh, that would have been funny. Yeah. Matt was a good guess. I mean, I've kind of known Matt played with Matt for the past, I don't know how many, it's been at least two to three years now that we, I mean, I've known him, like online for quite a while, but we really haven't started uh, playing uh, games with one another until, like I said, the last couple of years or, and that. But yeah, he's a good guest. Uh, he's one of those, uh, you know, troublemakers and likes to start shit, but he's a genuinely nice guy when it comes down to it. I mean, the guy comes off gruff and mean, but he definitely uh, has a, a big heart. And a good, like I said, a good person. So, but and then uh, I guess uh, I think that's it for Roy. And I'm just going to add a quick uh, 
Uh, last one on here, even though it's the Roy show, I'm going to add a last Hobbs. I got one Hobbs message. I'm going to throw that on the back end here, guys. Tim, it's Hobbs. What's up, my brother? Good to hear your voice on your show again. I'm just trying to listen to more podcasts again in 2020. I didn't even know that was something I was going to do until I started doing it. I really missed it. Uh, I miss interacting with all the people and actually hearing their voices and uh, get to playing games with some people sometimes, but it's great hearing from you, man. As far as zines, you can definitely do a limited number. Uh, I know that for my zine quest, I'm going to use Miramax. That's who I use to print all of the copies I sent to Goodman Games to put on his website. There's a lot of things I would like to go over with you and talk about and figure out. But uh, anyway, it's always great to hear from you. I uh, hope you and Ivy are doing great and love you, brother. That was Mr. Hobbs. And uh, yeah, we are, you know, Zine Quests, of course, I've been talking about coming up next month, still working on it. Progress has been slow. I've been drawing maps the last couple of days. And, uh, but as far as what Hobbs said, the I got out of listening to podcasts there for a while too. Like there was like three months where I kind of just took a break from it a little bit. I'm back into trying to listen to them now. There's so many now. I can't I can't keep track of them all. So I try to listen to a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm never going to be able to keep up with them, but that's okay. I'm not going to try to, but I want to be able to at least, uh, you know, stop in at Spike Pit and make sure you know I keep up with Chase and then keep up with. Uh, my regulars, and then try to find some new ones like Roy. You know, uh, I, I I kind of knew Roy, but tell you, you know, to be honest, I didn't re- start listening to his podcast until he left me a message because I don't think I knew what his podcast was, and it's Chaos Limb, so sneak it in there. And of course, Jason's putting out random screeds again, so I've been listening to those, uh, getting back into the swing of it, and trying to leave answers and be more active with the community because it's such a good community, such a positive uh, thing, you know, and, and it's cool, you know, it, it's just, it's just fun to do. And as far as zines, Jason, anytime, my man, we'll just, I, you know, maybe I'll hit you up later on and see, you know, what you want to talk about and maybe f- discuss a few things and anybody out there, anybody wants to discuss zines with me, you please, please let me know because I've been doing those things for going on almost 10 years, maybe nine years right now, going on nine years. And, uh, uh, I enjoy it. It's one of, it's, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And, and it's something I can, I can handle. Uh, some of those, these guys are putting out these 300 page books or 400 page books. I I'm the wrong guy to do that kind of thing. I'm just, I'm just not there. Uh, but if you need just sort of a short 12, 24 page adventure with some, you know, fun items and half-ass explained rules, I'm your guy. Yeah. That's, that's, if you want that, I get, you, you'll find me right here. So, so uh, I'm looking to try to find something fun to put out for zine quest and, uh, and, uh, have some fun with it and learn the business, learn that, learn that Kickstarter biz. Cause I'm really curious about that. So, all right, guys, that's all the call-ins I have for today. Thanks everybody for listening. I do appreciate it. Hope all is well going with you roll better than me and we'll talk soon.